0: On this week's episode of the Whistle Away podcast, I interview our top agent, Adrian Quijano. He's been in the industry for two and a half years. He joined us in June of 2021. He has doubled his business every year. I talk a little bit about uh, with Adrian about kind of what are the three things that make him uh, successful. He talks about belief, talks about hard work, and he talks about treating people right. So we go into all of that and more in this week's episode of the Whistleway Away podcast. Adrian, welcome to the Whistleway podcast. I am glad to have you finally on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. Uh, Adrian, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is uh, every time I hear you talking to an agent, um, you'll, you'll be talking about things and I, I come up to you afterwards and I say, that was amazing. You go, doesn't everyone do that? I go, No, not everyone does that. And so I really wanted to have you on to talk kind of about your mindset and how you got to where you are here, um, being the top agent on the Whistle Realty Group team. Um, before we talk about that, I want to talk about, a little bit about your numbers. Adrian came to real estate in 2021, joined our team in June of 2021. And in that first year, did 15 deals. Is that right? Is that correct? That's Uh, correct. Second year, so first full year in the business, first full calendar year in the business, second year at Whistle, uh, 2022, you did 30 deals in the business. That sounds about right. And 2023, this year that we're filming Mm -hmm. this episode on, now you're on track to do 60 deals. Yes, sir. So you've doubled every year coming in from non-real estate background uh, to very quickly being our number one agent on the team. I want to talk today about how you do that, kind of your mindset and especially about some other things uh, we talked about in the past. Before we get to that, you are listening to the Real Estate Success Whistleway podcast. I am Brian Kochi, your host, again, joined by Adrian Quijano, like I said, our top agent. On the podcast, we like to talk about tips, tricks, tools to help you move your business forward in real estate. Whether you are a brand new agent, whether you are on a team, whether you have uh, been on a team or solo for 20 years, or you're running your own brokerage this podcast is for you. Adrian, without, oh, and also if you have, if you want more information um, about real estate and growing your business, go to thewhistleway.com. You can go on there to find more information about our podcast, our YouTube channel, our uh, referral network as people join, or as people leave San Diego, we need to send them somewhere. And so sign up for that. Uh, You can learn more information about uh, our video creation course called Media Mayor Mastermind. And you can ask a question that gets answered right here on the show. That's all at thewhistleway.com. Adrian, let's get into it. First, give me a little bit of background. What were you doing before real estate? That's a really
1: good question, Brian. Um, I was selling cybersecurity and IT solutions to businesses here in Southern California and uh, school districts. Very cool.
0: And so what made you want to get into real estate?
1: Uh-huh. So, go back. <laughs> and pauses. Go, go back on. a couple couple years. Uh, I was attending college at Cerritos College, and I took one of the courses, the real estate principles, and I just fell in love with the class. I really liked my teacher, and I got a certification afterwards. And then I took the next class the next semester, and I was like, man, you know, it would be nice if I. I could be a realtor one day, or be in the real estate industry in the future. Uh, Obviously, that was many years ago. I think that was more than ten years ago. I was still young, uh, immature. Young now. (laughs) (laughs) I look young, but (laughs) I'm not that young anymore. But yeah. So um, yeah, that's how I got into the interest of being in the real estate industry. And then, and one day I was like, hey, you know, like maybe I'll be in real estate. I wanted to be my own boss, um, be in business for myself. Um, and
0: now I'm here. So I want to talk a little bit about your mindset. And, and for anyone that's listening to this, how to get where you are. Because we just made an announcement uh, last Tuesday that you have eclipsed the $500,000 GCI uh, gross commission mm-hmm. year to date, and you've got plenty more to go. Um, how does someone? How do you? How do you do that? Being two and a half years into the business. So I guess
1: um, I was talking to one of the newer agents uh, a couple days ago, and you know I get I get this question a lot. Like, how do you do it? You yeah. know How are you able to? um you know do the volume that you're doing now considering that you've only been in the business for less than three years um i always tell people like first you got to believe in yourself i think that's the uh, that's the first step is actually believing that you can do this and believing that hey you're one of the top if not the top uh realtor here in san diego county uh So believe or having the right mindset, right? I think that's the first step because everything else will follow, right? The how-tos, how to do a buyer buyer consultation, listing appointment, prospecting, etc., etc. I think believing in yourself truly and having a vision and you can actually visualize yourself um, being the top uh, 1% uh, real estate agent in the county. I think that's first step and then second step would be just pure hard work um i think uh, uh, it's it's very simple right believe believe in yourself and then um and then work at it every single day and staying consistent showing up right like kyle always says how you show up to anything is how you show up to everything and and i'll never forget that
0: when he said that and that's how i run my business i was worried you were going to be late and i literally thought of that quote today and then i came out and you were here early i was like okay good on you
1: absolutely thank you brian so to answer your question believe and then and just uh show up every single day um
0: and and just stay consistent and put in the work i want to talk a little bit more about that but The third thing that I've heard you talk to agents that I really appreciate, and I I truly, genuinely believe this is the secret to your success, is you treat every client like family, right? And and I've heard you Mm -hmm. say this, and you're like, you just got to take care of people. Talk a little bit more about that and, and kind of your mindset on that. And again, it sounds simple, but what do you mean when you talk about, you know, I treat people like family because you get at this point, you're getting a majority of your business from repeat and referral business two and a half years in people wait 15 years to do this and you're getting it two and a half years in. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a really good comment there, Brian. Uh, I appreciate you noticing that because I really take a lot of pride um in, in helping my clients and treating them like family because Uh, for me um, coming from a family-oriented background I think and coming from humble beginnings um, I think it just naturally for me uh, I I treat my clients like family because I come from a very family-oriented background you know I come from humble beginnings and I want to help other people um, you know purchase or sell their house you know it's the American dream So, in other words, um, I always tell this to other agents. Like, I'm not in the real estate business. I'm in, I'm in the people business. Uh, and automatically, my mindset shifts, right? Because I don't consider myself in the ind- real estate uh, industry. I, I consider myself in the people business.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I love that because it, it turns you from a salesperson... To just a person, person, right? And so I've heard you talk with clients. I've seen you with your clients. And, and you'll tell them, hey, don't buy right now. Or, hey, let's wait six months to sell. Or, you know, you'll, you'll tell them, I've seen you go above and beyond. And someone's like, oh, I like this house, I guess. And you're like, this doesn't hit all your boxes. Let's, let's keep looking. I'll see you Right. do what's in best interest for your clients, even though it's in, not with what's in best interest for you. You, you could easily say, "Oh, sure, let's let's put an offer on this place and get it accepted and cool," um, but you know that this isn't what they want, and and so I love watching you really focus on on your clients and what they want and what they need, and mm-hmm. not letting them settle, but also not letting them dilly dally, right? Not letting them go. Oh, I'm looking for 17 years now. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you you help them get motivated. So I really I really love that as well.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, uh, Brian. You know, one of the things that I always uh, tell my clients, hey, look, like always invite me to, um, you know, the housewarming, I'll, I'll, I'll show up. Trust me. Uh, a lot of my clients actually invite me to their family events. Uh, one of my clients who just recently sold and bought uh, in Chula Vista, they invited me to one of their sons uh, birthday party and I showed up and brought a gift and they were very appreciative. They were super happy that I sh- actually showed up. You know, I met the, the grandparents, I met the, you know, brothers. And so I was, you know, again, you know, it's just for me naturally, like I just love people. Yeah. You know, and of
0: course, when you went, you wore all your whistle swag. You handed out business cards <laughs> to all the kids, right? You were that super douchey salesperson, right? Uh,
1: no, absolutely not. Um, uh, <laughs> nice try, Brian. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, right. You're, you're just talking to people, you're yeah, building relationships. One
1: hundred percent. And and I didn't even have to bring up real estate. They're the ones bringing it up, asking me, you know, what do you think about the market? And you know, as long as you're genuine, right? Like you're genuinely interested in people. Uh, I feel like a lot of realtors, um, uh, they're too salesy. Mm -hmm. Um, And one way to be too salesy is like, you're the ones talking majority of the time. Like I have this 80-20 rule. Uh, Every time I talk to a client or anybody in general, even my mom, uh, you know, my cousins, my family, friends, like I try not to speak a lot. uh, Because if you're speaking, you're not listening to people. So being genuinely interested in people, naturally, they're going to be interested in you. So there's a saying like to be interesting, you have to be interested. Right. I'm going to say that again. Uh, To be interesting, you have to be interested. So that means you have to be genuinely interested in people for them to, you know, uh, be open minded of what you have to say. You know, you don't have to be talking about yourself all the time. And a lot of agents are going to be like, yeah, you know, we're the best team in San Diego County. We sell the most uh, transactions and yada, yada, yada. But at uh, the end of the day, people don't really care about what you have to say uh, or how much you know until they actually know how much you care. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're coming in with
0: all the all the sayings. Yeah. Don't don't cite any of them. Don't give anyone credit. Just, <laughs> just call them out. Um, so I want to go back. I love that. So one, the the three things. The how did you get where you are here? You believe in yourself with confidence, right? Yeah. You have hard work. right yeah. that, That's the simple, but not easy. Yeah. And three, you treat people like family. Let's go back to hard work. And one of the things we talked about is um, a lot of age. When we talked about this off off camera, a lot of agents will confuse hard work or, or working. With, with good work, right? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I was busy all day. You know, I cleaned up my office and I uh, you know, I deleted some spam emails. Mm-hmm. I was on Facebook for four hours. You know, I, I called and updated my car insurance. They're busy, but they weren't doing anything productive, right? So we talked about income producing activity. So one, talk, tell me about a little bit how you schedule your day and and what are the things that you put in there that are actually moving the needle and making you move forward. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he mentioned income-producing activities, but what I call them uh, are IPAs. Uh, Not the beer, uh, but IPAs, right? Income-producing activities. And I think I learned this many years ago. Uh, I don't remember where, but it always stood out, and I'll never forget it when I first heard it. Because it was so easy for me, my brain, the way it works, like I tend to put acronyms uh, into things that so that way I can understand it uh, better. And, and, and probably because I was, uh, you know, I was in the Marines and we all we use acronyms all the time in the, in the military. So IPAs. Um, I have this rule and I'm going to always go back to this rule. It's called the 80-20 rule and um 80 every day uh 80% of my activity are ipas and 20% are admin work okay so
0: what are some of those ipas
1: yeah so um booking appointments uh meeting with clients face to face or a zoom call uh doing buyer consultations um prospecting um as far as open houses uh Circle dialing, uh, just cold calling, um, doing door knocking. Uh, so a lot of the a lot of the uh, a lot generation. of the pro- lead generation mm-hmm. should be IPAs, right? Meeting with clients and all that stuff. So the rest, twenty percent of your activity every single day, should be admin work. Uh, so what that means, uh, you know, anything um, as far as um, you know, looking at your emails. Um, in putting pending forms and filling out forms online, whatever you have to do, uh, or uh, looking for um, properties online for your clients, like uh, that could be an IPA, but I consider it as a, an admin work. So anything besides prospecting, being in front of uh, a client or a human being face to face or virtually is other than that is admin work.
0: So you'd kind of would consider a different way to put it is an IPA or an income producing activity are things that are uniquely that you are qualified for. And all the other stuff is stuff you can typically offload either, uh, hire, you know, have your team handle, Mm -hmm. have an assistant handle, have a virtual assistant handle, uh, have a Mm -hmm. showing agent, that type of stuff you could, that you can offload. You Mm -hmm. want to spend as much time doing the things that, only you can do right only you can yeah. negotiate as well as you can only you can close and i think we talked about this uh what are you at uh, like a 50% acceptance rate for your buyers offers that's something that mm-hmm. is so good for for you mm-hmm. to do you can't have mm-hmm. an assistant do that right um let's before we uh, I, but the next thing i want to kind of move into is we always talk about tracking your numbers knowing your numbers Kyle pitches hard about knowing your your p what you're spending money on, what you're making. Uh, we always talk, we talk today about transactions. We talk about volume. We talk, we talk about a lot of numbers and it can be very easy, especially for a lot of real estate agents that are uh, a high D on the disc profile, a high dri- a big driver to, to get lost in all the, these numbers. You told me you have one number that you track monthly and mm-hmm. that's all you really care about. And this is interesting. Again, we were getting into the elevator in our other office and I said, I've never heard someone talk about that was the one number. Usually mm-hmm. it's contacts or appointments or uh, number of dials. Like I said, number of closed. You track something different. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Again, it, it, it's like one of those things, Like I thought everybody else is doing it. Uh, but for me, uh, to answer your question, I only track uh, the amount of escrows that I open every single month. Uh, and the reason why is because I can control that, right? Um, I, uh, I I cannot control uh, the amount of clothes. I mean, yes, I could, but uh, th- there's no way for me to uh, to tell if, let's say, if I'm on the listing side, uh, I cannot control if the buyer is gonna have cold feet, mm-hmm. or I cannot control if whatever inspection findings that they find, uh, they're gonna. You know they're gonna back out because of the inspection findings. Like, there's a lot of factors that I cannot control, but when I open, uh, let's say six escrows. Wait, in... let me guess.
0: Isn't it eighty twenty rule? You expect eighty percent of them to close? Yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that. You beat you, me to you it. You gotta keep it going. Uh, I was hoping you yeah, wouldn't change it up. One hundred
1: percent. So, uh, <laughs> right now I just I already opened six escrows for this month. Uh, and I got about two more to go. So my goal for this month is to open eight escrows. Um, I'm looking at the the date right now. I think today is the 25th. It is. Uh, I got about, what, five, six days uh, for this month to open two more. Um, and again, the reason why I'm only tracking mostly my escrows is because I have more control over that. And let me explain why. Uh, if. So let's say I am, you know, uh, it's first day of the month and I'm like, okay, I'm back to zero. Now I got to go open eight more, six more. Right. So um, at least, you know, I'm going to so my brain, the way it works. So if I have to open eight more escrows for the month, um, my brain starts to work backwards. Okay. Um, So, okay. Who are the now I'm gonna have to look at my my pipeline? Who are my hottest clients? Who are the ones that are like most likely to transact, put an offer, or or the amount of listings that I have. So I have to start counting those. Okay, I have three listings that are going live this month. Okay, uh, depending on when are they gonna go live, then I can calculate okay, these are gonna open escrow this month. Now I'm like looking at all my pipeline, all my clients, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how Can I open eight escrows for this month? So I guess that's how my brain works. If I don't have anybody in my pipeline that are hot, ready to go, then that's when I'll start making dials. Mm -hmm. I don't have to count the amount of dials that I have right now. Um, When I first started, I started, I, I counted my dials, how many people that I talked to, et cetera, et cetera. That's when I first started because I didn't really have any, um, experience and I don't I didn't have any numbers to go off of uh, so all I had to do was like prospect literally maybe 90% of the time every single day is all about prospecting because I didn't have a book of business uh, now my business is a little bit different I'm a little bit more experienced I you know I my closing rates a little bit higher so and I'm a different person uh, so the, the amount of calls that I needed to make before is a little bit different now. It's, it's, the, it's a less amount of calls that I have to make in order for me to generate the same results that I needed back then. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does.
0: And, and what I love about it is, like you said, it puts you in the mindset and that you have more control of, of pending. yeah I mean, if, if you said, hey, I want to close six a month, I mean mm-hmm. you got you got to plan the month before to, that's a long sales cycle yeah. if you go okay hey I want to close 6 a month and I've only closed you know 5 right now and it's the end of the month and you have nothing in escrow you're going to fail your goal every time but if you can push to say okay let me get let me find some hot buyers let me mm-hmm. prospect for more and mm-hmm. and that will push you to hit your goal and knowing that if if you allow yeah. if you pretend if you expect 20% to fall out okay I want you know 10 escrows a month and that'll get me eight closings a month.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. And then not only that, um, I cannot control the the, the, the the terms of the offer, right? Because mm-hmm. some escrows are going to be 10 days uh, escrow, yep. 15 days, 21 days, 30 days. So that that's another factor. I don't like uh, counting my closings for the month. Uh, I'm, that's not my goal. If I could open eight escrows in one month, uh i know somewhere along the lines they're gonna close but you know sometimes they get pushed back you know for for whatever reason so yeah that's the reason why i like counting my escrows is because i have more control that's probably my high d personality um and i'm still working on that
0: 30 numbers (laughs) you can track one number i love it that's easy thank you um before we end here, I want to talk a little bit more about kind of you talk about hard work. Mm-hmm. We talked about you, you You kind of slipped it in there. You used, to, you used to spend 90% of your day prospecting when you first got in here. And that's where mm-hmm. I think a lot of agents go, oh, no, 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 I'll work hard by checking emails and posting on social and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we talked about those are not income-producing activities. Tell me a little bit now or about what your calendar looks like, what your day-to-day looks like in mm-hmm. general. I don't need to know, okay, but... How much time do you spend prospecting? How much time do you spend uh, meeting with people on average? Mm,
1: well, usually I have like at least one or two uh, appointments, whether it's a listing appointment or a buyer consultation.
0: Per, per uh, day per or day. per week? Okay, Yeah, per day. So you're spending two, and so that's probably at least, what, four hours uh, uh, of appointments? Um, I would say
1: like maybe two to three hours okay. of appointments. Um, and, then, and then I do... Um, right now I do a lot of follow ups because my pipeline mm-hmm. is a little bit different. It's a more, I guess it's more compared to, you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago.
0: Yeah, it's more of a nurturing. It's pipeline. more of a nurturing okay. uh,
1: pipeline. Um, and so how many hours a day do you spend on that? I would say one, one to two hours.
0: And are those phone calls or those text messages or those emails or those Facebook posts? Like what, what what do you mean when you say follow up?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, texts, calls, um, emails, Mm -hmm. but mostly calls and texts. Cool. Uh, And, and the rest of the day is just picking up my phone, um, managing the escrows that I have currently. Building relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it goes back to what I said earlier. Right. I'm not in the real estate business. I'm in a people business. So majority of my day is just building relationships, uh, not only with clients or potential clients, but also with other agents, Uh, because a lot of the deals right now, you know, especially in this market, it's very competitive. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's a tough market. But what I'm seeing, a lot of the agents out there that are killing it and that are producing are the ones that are like hustling really hard, you know, and the ones that are have the strong relationships with other agents, but also with their clients. And they're able to advise
0: them uh, as such moving forward. How many hours? Let's just talk about the first six months you worked here. First six months into real estate, you closed 15 deals. Mm -hmm. How many hours a day would you work? I was working,
1: I would say, um, <laughs> uh, you guys are probably going to freak out, but or you're not gonna freak out, but our audience is gonna freak out. So I, w- I was probably make, uh, putting in 12 to 14 hours a day, sometimes even you know, 15, 16 hours a day.
0: Yeah. And so and, and what, I, what I love to say about that is it, what happened what, what you did was not on accident. It was, it was very <laughs> intentional. It wasn't like, oh, well, I got, you know, I was really, I did 15 deals because my dad owns a country club, and he just told all of his buddies to buy investment properties. That wasn't, that's not your experience. Um, anyone can do what you did, um, and I say that respectfully, <laughs> um, if they're willing to put in the work. And so what I love, I'm, I'm a big Gary V fan, and when, he, when <laughs> I first started listening to him, he was always about hustle, 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 work your face off, you know, work 20 hours a day, right? And then he kind of came, he came back with kind of a correction or or a rephrasing. And he says, look, I work 20 hours a day because I have the ambition to buy the New York Jets. If you don't Mm -hmm. want to buy the Jets, if you want to make 40K a year, smoke pot and and play Madden all day, and that's Mm -hmm. all you want to do. Sure, you, you don't have to work 20 hours a day. Like, work to your ambition. It, it, or work for your goals, right? And so I know you have really lofty goals. And so that's why you put in 14, 15, 16 hours a day when you got into this. And even still, mm-hmm. you're not working four hours a day anymore. Like, you, you probably pulled it down from 16, but you're probably still working, what, six to 12-hour days every I would day? Say, I would say,
1: like, eight to eight to 10 hours a day yeah. now. Um, so I probably escaped some couple hours in there. Yeah,
0: yeah um
1: can i say something on that no nope. uh, no thank you for what wa-
0: no, <laughs> <laughs>
1: brian thank you i love you uh so when when before i got into real estate so as soon as i got my license i knew it was going to take a lot of hard work uh because i i i uh i i i as opening up my own business right mm-hmm. just like opening up a, a boba shop or uh car detail business you know or a front store whether it's an online business whatever business that you're trying to do real estate being a realtor you're opening up your own business at least that's how I saw it right so I knew I was gonna uh, I was gonna put in uh, the work well well I had to uh, because it was my own business like why not right Um, I see real estate if you're gonna if you're a brand new agent if you know if I'm talking to you as as a uh, brand new agent like you want when you come into the industry um, think of this like your business your real estate career uh, is it's like to be successful in it it's like a a plane right taking off Uh, 60 70% of the fuel of the airplane is going to be used up on the takeoff right and then the rest of the the, the fuel is going to be just gliding through the air uh, so that's kind of how I saw my business when I first started I needed to come in uh you know like uh running around uh it's like a uh, ignorant on fire right it's like I was I was committed I knew I, w- I was going to put in at least eight hours a day and I was just like you know what I'm gonna fail forward I'm gonna make so many mistakes but it's okay because I'm gonna learn from it right ask I ask a lot of questions so it's almost like you're trying to you know burst into the real estate but you know a lot of agents uh, they don't realize that it actually requires a lot of work to get your business up and running Uh, it took a lot of force to get my business uh, off the ground, right, like that airplane. Uh, so that's how I saw it, uh, and and I already knew uh, that was going to happen when I first started in real estate.
0: The thing that that if someone's listening to this and they go, wait a second, you, you're saying, I, I I know you're saying everything flows in together, um, but what what I appreciate about you and what I what I respect about you and what I think it's it's hard for people to wrap their head around is, I want to believe in myself that I'm the number one. And mm-hmm. I have confidence, and I have a vision for where I'm going. But also, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's that there's that kind of disconnect. And I really I think the one way to kind of summarize it, and to, how do you balance those two, is kind of mm-hmm. having humility of knowing I know I, I I take care of people, and I trust myself, and I I'm looking out for their best interest, and that's what makes me number one. But yeah. I also know I have a lot to learn, and that's why you surround yourself with. Um, education and a team and mentors and and people that you know and that you like and that you trust to help get you uh your skills up so that way you can take care of them as the number one agent
1: yeah i think i think uh you brought up a really good point there brian and i want to give uh you know the team whistle roti you kyle whistle all the top agents here at whistle roti a lot of credits from for where i'm at today in my career because whistle roti was my first uh brokerage firm uh i literally started here i didn't know what to expect but you know coming into this and just trusting the process right just run the playbook that's already been given to you i think that was the key right and going back to humility and being humble like if you didn't if you don't have humility and you don't you're not humble and you have a big ego uh it's it's going to be uh tougher for you to be successful in the industry because the system works right you just have to plug into the system trust it work it every single day uh and and ask a lot of questions because there's going to be people out there who's willing to help you become successful because the way our business is run here at exp is uh to help other people to become successful the more other people that you help become successful we're all going to be successful and that's one thing i wanted to just put it out there is that I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for Whistler uh, support, the resources that we have over here, uh, Kyle's mentorship, you know, J.C. Agajanian, you know, Matt Honeycutt, all these guys uh, that helped me every step of the way. I just took it. I was a blank ca- uh, canvas coming in. I, I I looked at the playbook. I followed it and, and I failed forward. And I just kept believing in myself uh, and
0: you know and i just stay consistent and now we're uh, here's where i'm at Adrian, I could talk to you for 100 years. Yeah. Uh, this, I know, is not one of your income-producing activities. And so I think I've already taken up <laughs> 20% of the day. So hopefully you didn't answer any emails today because I, I think I've taken it up. Uh, before we end the show and talk about our Whistle Widget of the Week, if you enjoyed this, please, please, please share it with a friend, share it with your broker, share it with a new agent, share it with someone that's thinking about becoming an agent so they can really see what it takes to be go from no real estate experience to the number one agent all within two and a half years. Um also feel free to give us a comment, leave us a review. That means a lot to us. And again, go to thewistleway.com for more if you if you like this and want to keep growing your business. Let's jump into our whistle widget of the week. This is something that we use in our business that saves us time, makes us money, or helps us have more fun. Mine I just found out existed today. Um I utilize, I, I create little reels on my phone um, for the team or, or some personal stuff. And I've mixed it up and I've used, you know, the Instagram app. Um, YouTube, this is actually why I saw YouTube is creating a app to make some reels as well. But the one that I use and that I've talked about here a lot is CapCut, C-A-P-C-U-T. What I found out today is that you can actually use CapCut on your computer. That's not something I ever knew about. Um, And so people are always asking me, what what do you use to edit? And I tell them Adobe Premiere and I said, it's really hard. But now I I want to look into and I'd recommend CapCut on the computer. You can do cool templates and uh, um, transitions and uh, again that's what you can do on the phone. So CapCut for the for the computer is my widget of the week. What do you got for us, Adrian?
1: That's a really good uh, um, suggestion. I there. saw you write it down. Yeah, I wrote it down. Half of what Calo <laughs>
0: says, I'm like I've never heard of that. I have to looked that <laughs> <CapCut>. up. <laughs>
1: All right, I'm probably gonna use that. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome. Uh, so, for me, I use Cam Scanner a lot because I don't know how to use a damn freaking uh, printer. <laughs> I always have problems with the printers. Uh, but yeah, so I I like to use Cam Scanner for so many things, mainly for listing agreements, right? Because you can uh, scan it uh, in batches.
0: So this is an iPhone app, and you take a picture of the document, right? Yeah,
1: basically, and then it. It automatically uh, resizes it and get rid of all the background, and just looks like you scanned it through a printer. Yeah, and Uh, then I think it even
0: has the factor where it can like read the text, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. And then also you can share it in many different ways. PDF, uh, JPEG. You can uh, share it via email, uh, text, even airdrop. It, it has an airdrop. So that's that's what I use it for, mainly for listing agreement after uh, client's sign. Um, I use it for other things, but uh, it's very helpful for me because I'm always on the go. Uh, I can just scan it right away if, you know, if it's a Ten, you know, if we need to list the house ASAP, then then I'm probably not going to wait until uh, I get to the office. I'll just scan it, print it. I, I mean, not print it, but and then upload it to our system. So that way our marketing team uh, could schedule the uh, photos and take the photos and we can hit life in our seven day uh, launch uh, system. <laughs>
0: Uh, Adrian, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing a little bit about what you do. Again, we could talk for ages, and and I, I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, uh, we can talk about your acceptance, how high your acceptance rate is to get buyers' offers accepted, mm-hmm. or your listing. I mean, we could talk about anything. So, yeah. uh, thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you for watching this week's episode of the Westway Podcast. We'll see you next week.